G'day everybody. Uh, welcome to our live talk again. Um, I'll wait for a few people to come online. Just uh, put a few thumbs up if, if, if you're sort of tuning in and you're, you're coming on live. So yeah, we've got a, we've got a few good questions tonight um, uh, that will keep me busy. Um, yeah, anyway, um, it's been good. I've been at home for a little while for the last few weeks, getting a few, few jobs done and uh, weaning some foals and uh, for everyone who knows Banjo he just left today so Banjo's on his way to Victoria to a new home down there with uh, another another little horse of our shadow dancer who who they're going to sort of you know start at some some stage in the in 12 months or so so yeah he's left the property um, yeah but I'm going to just uh, day after tomorrow I'm heading away for for another clinic run up to Queensland so anyone up that way I'll be I'll be up in Gatton and uh, up uh, at ooh, Veristale and yeah anyway right I will see a few people coming online now so I'll get into the questions so first of all uh, the first question I've got here is from Sarah uh, Sarah Summers uh, so what is the best way to discourage playful niffing from a horse my gelding is five and a half years old and I frequently take him for walks, leading him all over the farm. He loves it, but sometimes indicates he would like to play, um, which when which then results in attempting to grab my jumper or whatever is closest to him. It's a gotcha game, very similar to what he does when he plays with my two and a half year old filly back and forth, grabbing at each other. He's never actually bitten me. I don't want to punish him and I've tried just wiggling whatever it is he's attempting to grab, like shaking my arm or fingers. It sometimes works, but he goes back to the game eventually. He's very people-focused and loves interacting. I don't want to spoil that. It's early days with him. I've had him less than six months. I took him to your clinic in Perth early August uh, and have a good start now. Any suggestions? So, Sarah, playful nipping um, and getting very, uh, actually speaking to Benzo, that, who's just gone to Victoria, he, he was a sort of a horse that was very people orientated and, you know, he got to come in and, you know, start to sort of get re mouthy in a, in a friendly way. Um, now, basically, when you, when you we, we, like horses, if you watch horses interact in a herd, you know, when a young horse comes up to a, a new horse, there's always that sort of getaway. Some, some horses are like, I mean, when I looked at Banjo's little mobs, a new horse had come in and they'd all go, oh, hello, let's all be friends. And But then when, when you watch some of the, the mares in, in the herd, you know, I just put some fillies out with them and they're like, go away. I don't want anything to do with you. But I know in a couple of days, They'll all be all be friends and 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 fine. Um, now, you know, some people go down the road of keeping a horse out of their space in such a way that the horse actually stops communicating with them, and they, and, they, and obviously that's not what you want. Um, basically, any habits like that, nipping, uh, getting too mouthy and stuff, is I'm not your horse is not a horse that I think needs to sort of you know because if you just let him nibble and play it will just become a habit all the time i would just sort of say that's not what i like and what, and what you do like there's obviously things that 
you, you, you can accept and there's things that you can't, ex that, that you're not going to accept. Just like um, if you stuck your, your finger in your horse's ear, he's going to go, I don't like that. Um, so he kind of thinks he can start a game with you and start to, you know, how they get all sort of nippy and, and then they have a bit of fun together. And, and if that's not something you're going to do, then, then you just say no. Now, no is not necessarily getting big and scaring him off and making you seem like the, you know, um, a big, tough, strong alpha horse. Um, no could be just a change of thought, like um, a firm enough change of thought, as in, no, not firm, effective enough change of thought. So, you know, whether it be, you know, a loud clap with your hands to just make him go, oh, oh, okay, you don't want me to do that. Because sometimes just getting in a sort of push-pull battle with them um, is not that effective either, you know, just pushing him off or wiggling, like like you said, wiggling your, whatever he's chewing and, and, and just doing that. Sometimes it's it's kind of not enough to change his, what, what, what you know, the, the intention of him wanting to do that. So you just got to get enough to say, no, I don't want you to do that. And that'll do. Uh, so, you know, like, People seem to use a flag to say no, um, which means I can stand nice and calm and pop a flag on my leg or something and the horse goes, oh, you know, some people might just clap their jeans really loud um, and just say, change of thought and, and do it effectively enough that when he, when he does it, he knows that's not what you want him to do and then do it enough times that he knows that, okay, she doesn't want me to play that game with her. Uh, but you're not going to stop all the other maybe friendly things that you're, you're okay with. So so he's still going to have a nice relationship with you. It's just not he's going to play that, he's not going to get into that chewy, boisterous kind of nibbly game. Now, there's another thing which it could be this. Some horses may start to nibble to say, can we mutually groom? Now, that one there is something that you might want to do some mutual grooming with him. Um, but you, you don't want your horse to think that every time he's with you, he's going to playful nip or mutually groom because there's other things that you're going to want to be doing. So um, with the mutual grooming side of it, you're not going to sort of allow him come and nibble you to say, can, can we kind of groom each other? Uh, and, and you go and groom him every time he asks for it because then he might think every time he comes in, uh, he, he might sort of mooch groom. So sometimes, like in that sort of sense of it, I'd be the one that would instigate the, the mutual grooming instead of him, especially if he's one of those real people-orientated horses that every time they're kind of close, they kind of like get, get really kind of friendly and nibbly and things like that. So I'd probably instigate the mutual grooming. So when he starts to kind of groom back a little bit on you, then it's, it's because you're sharing that together, not because he just comes in and says, can we groom now? Can we groom now? So. Um, I, I, you know, so, so, you know, that, that nippiness, it, it could be two reasons. It could be that, as I say, the playful like your other horse, or it could be sort of I'd like to groom or something like that. Um, but playful nippiness can also turn into, depending on, on the person and if they don't have a strong centre, can turn into a horse being a little little pushy and when, when they do get annoyed by something you do, could turn into a bit of a, 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 a more, um, a nip with a little bit more meaning to say, Hey, I don't like that. So, so you've got to be careful with with that nippiness. But the thing is, is um, you don't want to um, uh, chastise 
a horse or get get big on a horse for, for getting pushy on you if when you're around your horse you don't have a strong centre because that would be um, like trying to act like a bully but the horse knows that you're, you're kind of not that strong in 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 the centre, you know, because you're kind of still a little bit like wary around them and things like that, and they see that. So you have to be careful with that because sometimes when people bully their horses uh, or try to bully them with a flag or, or a waving rope or get big, and then other times when they're around their horses, the horse can clearly see that the, the person has a bit of a wishy-washy centre and, 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 and the person moves off the horse a little bit or uh, whether they even just lean a little bit with the horse's presence. The horse reads that and sees that and that can make him aggressive so I've just gone off track a little bit on that subject but but yeah really just with your horse Sarah just change his thought just no don't think of something else um, and yeah some oh before I go on though some horses that um, have a like a very habit of doing certain things then I might just uh, say I'm not going to stand near you until you um, so I would actually stand off my horses until they settle and then I go in and stand with them uh, with some of those habits that they get too. So Libby, I'm just trying to move these questions. Uh, we have a thoroughbred that is mostly quiet to do anything with, easy to catch, to do feet, float, etc. But when you go to take his head stall off, he tries to pull away his head. He, put, he tries to pull away with his head up so high he can't reach, so I can't reach the knot um, and becomes really upset the longer the process takes. He's not in work and hasn't been for about two years or so. Uh, he's hand fed daily, has the usual care as required. Any ideas? Um, so, so Libby, that's a, it is a common, like, well, not super common, but it is a habit that's out there quite a lot. Um, you know, basically what's happened with him is, like, horses, like, horses can develop that habit young. Horses can develop that habit, um, especially ones that you've kind of just put a, put a, you know, you've thrown a rope around their neck and pulled them around a few times and um, put the holder on and pulled them around with the holder a few times and then, you know, got a hold of them and handled them and then let them go. So horses, some young horses develop that habit very quickly, habit very quickly because they've realised that the having, having the attachment connected to them is what is, is like their prison. When that attachment comes off, they know they're free. So... You can start that habit early in a young horse by the way you first catch them and, and, and handle them. And, and within a, a couple of handlings, you can have a horse, you know, kind of walking off as soon as you un, unclip, unclip the hole or, you know, take the holder off. So, so um, how you catch your horses right at the start sort of will, will stop that from happening in a younger horse. But basically what's happened in your horse, he's kind of also realised that, that, you know, and, 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 and a racehorse and 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 even my own horses, you know, we we'd all like to be perfect, and unfortunately, our being human, we have a mind that tends to sort of get get a little bit um, ahead of ourselves and onto the next job or onto the you know last week's problem, and 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 when we're working our horses, we can be a bit like that, and and 
and so it's it's very common that a person will let a horse go and and walk off very quickly and the horse associates that with okay let's disconnect and leave each other because you know for a lot of years i remember going from one horse holder and walking off to the next horse without actually spending a bit of connection time after i'd even taken the holder off purely because my and and i know i would have created a, a little bit of that habit not to the extent of what he does where they pull and run away and things like that off as soon as you go to undoing that holder because our habit um is is a little bit of extra time once we're done uh we sometimes spend that little bit of time at the start but it's really good to do it when we're done just getting that horse and go so next time we catch them they'll be easier as well so that's that's uh where i'm going with that is uh so basically um having connected when you put the holder on as in when you catch him come up and you might be accepting of of that but just read it a little stronger so so you know you can see the signs of when he kind of tips his thoughts away that or he gets nervous you know you might wait a little and just let him come down and let him start to sort of draw to you a little bit when when you put the holder on first of reading his body language and, and and really listening to it when you come into him uh, and then when you get to this basically watch watch him closely watch his eyes watch his expression and set him up whether you kind of got he got your hand out a little and he breathes on you and and if he if, if you're sort of fiddling around the side where you'd undo the halter just and just be there and when he starts to tip his thoughts away you'll see him start to go before it even happens because the horse you know before it it goes pear-shaped in most cases that it, there's, there's always an indicator to say that they're and um as soon as you see that just step back a little put a little feel on the lead rope or something and draw Back, just put your hand a little close to his nose so he can breathe on your hand and just let him reconnect with you and just stand keep his thoughts there it's almost like keeping and 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 just go about going up to there again as soon as you see him leave just step back a little draw his focus in again and just let him soften and a little bit off but basically get to a stage that when you can get your hand up on that holder his thoughts stay there and just don't even take it off just just walk off give him and go back again and you might want to repeat that quite a few times and um and the first time i'd, I'd let him go you know there's no quick fix as in there's not one particular lesson that will just completely fix it i've seen lessons where you kind of you know put a rope on them take them and then they get to the end of the rope and go oh that didn't work but that's not really what you want to do because that's just just another kind of trap real reason is, is he realizes that's disconnection time um, and because he probably had a bad relationship with people and, and, and it was a trap he probably over exaggerates when he leaves he gets big and goes and rears up and goes and, and he could have had another fright in there too 
that, that that's caused that extra head 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 fight when he when he runs off. But basically, just work on that connection. Thank you, connection. Thank you. In a smaller yard, get to the stage that you kind of slip the holder off, and if he still does his thing, um, the other thing is I would lead rope the lead rope around his neck. And I would have that as another security to say, hey, not as a trap, just a thing to bring his thoughts in and just let him relax again. Um, and and if, he, if, if you've done it in a small yard, he's going to sort of move off and, and you're just going to stand calm as a cucumber, tree-like, centred in your mind saying, I'm here for you. And he's going to go, I've got away. No, I'm still in the yard. And you're going to be and you're going to somehow work on a connection again and he's going to reconnect with you and you're going to make him feel good about that until he's kind of maybe even following you around and you might just hold it back on and then take it off again and do that over a series of time and, and soon enough he'll just sort of you know hang with you but the other thing is after you let him go work on him holding a connection and doing something that he likes maybe if he might be a little bit Troubled around people that you know scratching him might might mightn't be good for a little while, but after a while you might sort of find somewhere that he likes a bit of a scratch or something like that. And after you've let him go, do something that he likes, and he goes, "Oh wow, this is pretty good." You know, staying connected with people and hanging around. So yeah, I I, I just work on those things and, and yeah, see how you go. Um, I mean, there's yeah so many things through the whole thing that'll help it but uh but just keeping him a bit connected and acknowledging when his thoughts leave is very important so good question maybe that's a because it is a you know it, there's horses that do it in a small way and like him he does it in a big way but either way it's kind of the same thing that's happening it's just a it's just a sort of disconnection okay and another question has just come in jenny's just called out so I'll find that one as I'm going. Uh, I'll have to look for it. I'll just go down. I'll just scroll down. I'm, uh, oh, the questions come in. I'm just going to find where it is. Oh, here we go. Is it Tammy Lewis? Yeah, yeah Tammy Lewis. Sorry, I, I, I wasn't scrolling down. Um, so, Tammy, have you got any advice for our new little quarter horse that we've got for our daughter. He won't keep his head still uh, so she can put the bridle on. Eventually she gets it on, but it takes a lot of time. Okay, so the question that I just answered with Libby is a good, a good sort of thing for, for bridling because it's all the same same thing. And, um, but, but with a horse, um, there also there's, <laughs> I try and address the way people bridle their horses and, and on, on here I can't show you, but um, you know, what what I do, if a horse has got problems, I tend to bridle them for a little while in the holder. So I'll have a holder on, just a thin holder that doesn't interfere with things too much. And I'll do some lessons. I'll I'll teach first teach the horse to kind of to 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 lower their head a little so they, they can give and yield and soften and come down. I also want to be able to sort of bend them in a little um, but when I bend the horse in, it's not just a bend, bend, and when I let go, the horse pings out. It's I get the horse to bend, and I watch their eyes and their expression to see if their thoughts come around, and they're actually mentally and emotionally just bent in a little bit and soft. Um, so 
some horses are real sensitive in the teeth and the lips and some are sensitive over the ears and it could have been something like that that started the bother and then the bother turned into sort of an anticipation and it turned into a habit that the horse gets very fidgety when you go to bridle them. Um, either way, you're going to have to go through all the little areas and find out which one it is. So, so once you can sort of get your horse to lower, you just add a little pressure, the horse will kind of hold a little and then it'll loosen up and come down and you just let the horse come down like that. Um, get that really good and then and then come into your horse and just put your hand you don't even have to touch it but you just go towards the muzzle and if the horse starts to flinch you kind of know that well that's an area that's that's kind of bothered i don't even have to touch it and the horse flinches if you go up towards the ears and the horse goes flinch you know well geez it's it's, it's pretty bothered there too so you don't even have to touch the ears or the or the muzzle or anything to know which which area starts to bother them. Um, so then basically what you might do is you might just put your hand up towards their nose and they flinch a little. You just either back off a little till they relax and go again, or you might just hold at the spot where they start to sort of look a little little anxious about it and, and where the first change happens. And then when the horse kind of goes, oh that's okay, just release and go away again and, and do that. And then uh, sometimes you also will um, get the holder and take the hand up when the horse flinches. You might just pull on the lead until the horse thinks across towards to your hand that, that was coming towards it and then take your hand away when the horse thinks towards it and, and just reward it like that until the horse gets really good at knowing. And then, and then if it's ears or muzzle or anything like that, once you get to a stage of touching, you just go oh, and then just go, oh, ears, just go. Just touch and go, touch and go. Don't stay there too long and don't sort of, you know, stay there and, and yield the horse. Just touch and go, touch and go if it's a really sensitive horse. So I'd work on that for a little while, touch and go, until you can kind of touch and rub the ears and, you know, rub the muzzle, you know, that sort of thing. And the horse is not really going any, uh, you know, getting too worried about it. So so work, work on that. And then when you go to the bridling, I do bridling in stages. So you're going to get the horse to, to come in softly. And what I would do is, is if the horse is sensitive in the mouth and sensitive in the ears when the bridle goes over their ears, you can put the bridle on so that the bit doesn't go in their mouth, it just goes up underneath their, their, their chin. So then you're only working on the ears. So you're sort of simulating putting the bridle on, but you, you just put the bit there and just hang it over their ears and the bit's underneath uh, behind, their, behind their mouth, behind the chin. Um, once a horse is good with the, the ear part, then you might just start the bridle and put the the bit in their mouth, but what you want to be doing is 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 you when you bridle them. It's hard to kind of show you here, but you you kind of first of all I'll come in around their jaw and get them to bend in a little, and I'll take the bit up close, and then and then I'll use the bridle around just underneath their jowl, I suppose, and I'll just bend them in with the bridle, and then when they soften and loosen. I'll just take it away and then do that again till they soften and loosen and just hold their thoughts in there. And then once they can do that, then I'll take the bridle up a little bit further. Um, and I might put it just over their ears. But every stage that I see the horse kind of go like a little way, I'll just draw them back a little, let them soften and then, 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 then take the pressure off a little bit. Um, and I'm not going to keep wrestling with them while they're, while they're kind of going away. So you yeah, do it in stages. And, and if you're having a little trouble, just have the holder on 
So when you go up to a certain point, the horse gets really tight. Instead of kind of fighting with the bit, you just get the holder, draw the horse back, loosen it. When the horse relaxes there, you just go again. But if you spend a bit of time around the ears and the muzzle and that before you do it, and also finding those sensitive areas and working on them, that, that'll really help. But <clears throat> don't just kind of smother an area until the horse kind of shuts down. Kind of read it a little and, and, and know, especially if it's a real sensitive horse. Yeah, it's a little bit hard. I should do it. I might do a little. I don't know if I've got one there, but a little video on how I bridle a nervous horse. I think there's bits in along the way, but I might gives me food for thought to put one online about um, you know, how I go about the various stages of bridling a horse, so 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 we can sort of um, get the horse comfortable in every stage. Thanks very much, Tammy. Um, okay, Sue, this one's been forwarded through from, from Jenny. Oh, Sue, thanks, you love the training videos. That's good, Sue. When you take a horse, uh, when you take away a horse from a herd and replace it with a herd yourself, so that's what people hear me commonly talk about is if you take a horse away from a herd, you have to replace it with a herd. Um, how does that translate from on the ground to under saddle where your horse is no longer standing beside you as it does with it with its herd and its mates. Uh, how do you make them feel safe as part of their herd while you're on their back? Okay, that was the first question that Sue's got. Good question. Um, and it's a very relevant question because it's easy for me to sort of, you know, sit on my soap or stand on my soapbox and go, now everybody, if you've got a good connection, everything will be fine. Um, and reality is, is it's a whole lot different on a horse's back than it is on the ground. And you know, just because we, we can be we can be present, we can be tree-like, we can be the best kind of island for the horse and all this sort of thing, but get up on their back and, and the whole equation changes. Some horses are translate through very easy, some horses have, have a lot of trouble. And, um, and I've seen horses actually just recently, uh, when I was in, in Tennessee, I spent um, uh, four, nearly five days watching that, uh, Harry Whitney on one of his clinics and, and there was a horse that uh, one of his clients that he was working with that was a, actually in Tennessee. I know it was a, a, can't remember if it was a Tennessee walking horse or, or a Missouri fox trotter, but anyway, it was a gated horse, a grey gated horse. And um, he had a lot of separation anxiety and things like that. Um, and what I was, you know, basically what, what Harry sort of, well, what, what he figured out, I guess, over the time is the horse was a lot more uncomfortable carrying a person and, 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 and half the bother that the horse had was carrying a person. Um, so so they, I think that one, yeah, did a bit of long reining with it and, and a few other things. and. And the horse kind of got a little settled, but it was a, it had a fair bit of separation anxiety, and and it was pretty disconnected with people, and was pretty bothered. Um, but things like the reins got a lot better on the ground, but they were a lot worse under saddle, and the horse kind of carried a lot more bother, and the separation anxiety was bigger even in the sort of small yard that they worked. So the horse actually doubled in in its disconnection with the rider on. So. Um, 
you could do a lot more on the ground, I suppose, but you still had to do a fair bit under saddle to get that horse to realise that it's okay, I can help you from up here. Um, so going back to sort of, you know, what you're saying is right in your question as a horse sees you right there and it goes, oh, pity, yep, oh, you're here, I'm here, right, here's the herd. But up there, it's heads in front of you, you're up here. And, um, and, and it's something I've sort of thought about for a fair while over the years and tried to figure out, well, you know, what's going to you know, make all this groundwork translate to a horse under saddle. So you might see I do a lot of one reining on horses on the ground. That's teach them to go ahead. And because uh, I used to really encourage people that we're the leader, we walk out in front and that's, that, that is true. And in a horse, you've got to walk out in front, certain horses have got to walk out in front and really show that, you know, you feel unsafe, I can lead the way and, and give you confidence. But then in training, you're going to teach a horse to lead out and, and think ahead and, and stay connected with you and, and go out on a long line ahead and not, you know, and feel okay about it and still be in tune with you. So a lot of that sort of things really, really help your horses is getting them to go ahead. And there's a little horse at the last Young Horse Start Clinic, um, I won't call him Rapunzel, uh, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin. Uh, he he was, um, you know, before I I got the, his owner to ride him out, um, she came out in a group while we were riding horses and she just got him walking out ahead of her while she just sort of trailed along behind and let him, you know, connect with her and, 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 and go out ahead as if he was he was a riding horse, um, almost like you were long range, but just you just got one holder lead on him. And that really helped in his confidence and, and, and he connected well with her under saddle when she rode out and he'd ride up the, you know, and, and, and he was in tune with her the whole way, but he'd still look and go towards things and, and he was really good. So that sort of stuff really helps on the ground with your horses. Um, but under saddle, if, you, if it's a troubled horse and, and, a, and, a, and a, say, or what you'd say, a re-education horse, opposed to a young horse that you're kind of developing confidence in, um, I would, well, something I do, and I do a lot more than I probably used to, and is when you get up on your horse, sit there and do the treat like the tree on the ground, take everything away from your mind, all your, all your worries and sit there and just, even if you just put the hand just on your horse's neck and just sit there and just wait and say like I tell, tell people on the ground, like the tree in your mind, you're saying I'm here to help. Are you with me? Now on the ground, you're sort of saying, you know, I'm here to help. And you're saying that on the saddle, but there's something more you say. You say, hey, with me is important because you, you, you kind of say it in your mind, hey, with me. And you watch your horse closely and just watch him. And just sit there before you do anything, before you, you, know, you know, say, let's do this, let's ride off, let's go. Yeehaw, let's, are you with me? And you sit there and the horse will be sort of bothered if it's a horse that's sort of used to just disconnecting as soon as you get on. And you just sit there and, and, and just... They'll kind of might wriggle and worm a little. They might walk off a little and you might just back them back to where you started and just, just wait there. And then all of a sudden they'll kind of think, you know, ah, and then they'll kind of let down and relax and just go, right, I'm here. And then you might just get off. So thanks. Uh, so just at the last clinic, I did that with, with someone and her horse because he was a quite bite a bothered horse. And 
and got to the, she could get on him and not do anything with the reins and walk him off and he'd kind of crawl off real careful, kind of waiting on her as if, as if, as if he was real conscious that there was someone on him, uh, but in a good way. Um, so you sit up there and uh, you're with me and watch for it and you'll see it. Reward it. So to help a horse learn how to steer, I did the same thing because I was realising this horse was really hard to get it to <clears throat> and, and And, you know, so, okay, where am I going with that? A lot of times I used to teach people next, take a rein, redirect it, you know, get its attention and hope. And says, oh, you're here, you know. So you, you, you can get good at acknowledging when a horse leaves you, but horse leaves, you know, I'm the horse left. Mark said when that horse disconnects, you know, maybe redirected in a new direction. So they get real good at picking up the rein and the horse. They don't say here, after. And, 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 and I think that's highly. You just left. So when you ride, and so, so going back to your horse and, and the question that we're at actually just disappeared on the iPhone. So in the question that you're, you're, you're talking about is how do we get that horse to stay with us under saddle? Is that horse with you? Ride a few steps and as soon as that horse disconnects and leaves, you might just loosen on the reins. Are you with me? And the horse will wait and go, oh, geez, I was going to walk busy and I'm a bit worried and then it'll come back and relax and it'll realize that when it actually comes back because its thoughts are with you anxiety will come down so realize that being with you is a, a better feeling and, and it will start to relate that same feeling as when you're on the ground and then you ask your horse to walk off again but in, instead of say walk off go you say walk off a little slow like just a couple of steps and as soon as that horse just goes okay and leaves, you say stop, come back, try again. Are you with me? Here I am. And the horse will go, oh yeah, I'm here. And you'll feel it. If you're looking for it, you'll see it. And if you're off, a lot of people, you know, as I, as I, as I was going off on, on there before, we, we're good at saying don't leave, but offering is just as important. So, and I and I came across it a couple of years ago at a clinic. Well, it was highlighted, I suppose. I actually acknowledge it more when I rode my own horses, but I was riding a horse for a lady, and what I, when she did the same thing, the horse got more anxious, more more hot. It was it was, it was a fairly hot, really out there horse. Okay. I was kind of turning the horse when it started to sort of rush a little and, and get its thoughts out there and I'd, and I'd just redirect it and, and then yeah, she's doing the same thing, what's the difference? Now there could have been a lot of differences in the seat and, and her legs and a few other things which 
But what I in the horse, but I put it down to is when after the turn she didn't breathe out and go, here I am, here it is. So to the horse, it was kind of like turn, straight line, turn, straight line, turn, straight line. What I was offering was not over there, here, not over there, here. And, and that does make a difference in your horses. It's not just cooling circles. It's not just, you know, back your horse up. It's not playing them. It's the alternative to what makes them worry. That's the most important thing, the alternative that makes them feel better, especially for you know, the anxious horses. So you have to offer the alternative. Otherwise, the distraction is just a distraction. It's just, a, just another, another method. So when you get on your horse, First of all, you have to build the island before you can offer it later on. That's my main point there too, going back to the starters. We, we think our horse is gonna find us once we get going, but we actually have to build, when we first sit on our horse, we have to build the thing that we want the horse to find so the horse can find it. Otherwise, they'll be just swimming around, drowning, looking for this tiny, you know, in big waves that it can't see. So um, you build an island that it knows it's there. So it, so so when you build it straight away, as soon as you 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 know your bottom hits the saddle, you, you build it, and then and then and then you bring your horse back to it when they leave, and and before outside before you get out in the big paddock and in the scary things and and things like that, you 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 spend a, you know a, a certain amount of time and days to, to strengthen that. And then you take it out. So I hope that's not too wishy-washy, airy fairy, but I believe it makes a big difference. Um, and, and yeah, you can translate it under saddle. What you do on the ground, I, I truly believe that. Uh, it's just a little harder, uh, and we're a little more nervous because when we're ground on the ground, we're grounded. You know, a lot of horses we can teach them the reins better, long rein, then we can can ride them better sometimes because of that grounding we have to the ground. And, things like that. Um, so being up on our horse, we get a bit nervous. So, and, and just to wrap it up, uh, uh, I, sh I shouldn't wrap it up with a negative, but it's a positive negative. It's all education, so we'll see it's a positive. But um, when I first started doing clinics, you know, I saw a lot of people that were, that had become empowered on the ground with their horses and they're really like, you know, uh, my horse was, you know, scary and now I'm the boss and now I'm I'm you know and it's okay to talk big and be tough with your horses when you're on the ground but once you get on a big strong horse you all that groundedness goes away and you're suddenly uh, at mercy at the mercy of the horse so yeah it's very very important whatever you do on the ground translate to under saddle and it is harder to translate under saddle because uh, it's harder for us to settle because sometimes our nerves are, are going to be worse on their backs than, than, than on the ground. So, yeah, anyway, hope everyone uh, got something out of those, those answers and um, thanks very much for the questions and I look forward to talking to you in a fortnight. So uh, in a fortnight I'll be hopefully back. Uh, if not, I'll, I'll catch you on my clinic run uh, and, and catch you on the road somewhere. Goodbye, everybody.